Dr. Kristen Oja here, entrepreneur and functional medicine expert. Welcome to Little By Podcast, where our goal is to empower you to achieve optimal health, one step and one episode at a time. Taking a functional medicine approach will cover a variety of health and wellness topics, from how to optimize performance to how to balance your hormones and everything in between. This podcast is for educational purposes only, so please be sure to consult your healthcare provider before incorporating any changes into your daily routine. Now grab your headphones and let's go for a walk as we take steps towards becoming your best self. Today's episode is with Julie Davey, all about restoring digestive health. She is a Christian, a wife, a mom of teenage twins. She's also a nurse practitioner and natural health educator with over 20 years of experience in healthcare. She received her undergraduate degree from the Medical College of Georgia and graduate degree from Emory University. She holds a faculty position at Emory University, educating future nurse practitioners. And in 2013, she became very interested in taking a more holistic approach to wellness. She began educating others on the power of food and natural medicine to heal the body. Today, Julie owns a virtual consulting business, helping clients get to the root cause of their symptoms through innovative clinical testing. She's passionate about the gut health and is co-founder of Mastering GI Mapping, which is a course teaching medical practitioners how to incorporate the GI map testing into their practice. She's also founder and co-founder of a natural shift, which is a lifestyle brand that helps women upgrade their habits. And she's co-host of the podcast, take the upgrade, which allows her to share this message with the masses. Julie loves empowering women with the necessary tools to live a healthy and vibrant life. She believes that with the right support and daily habits, you will experience real progress and lasting change. So without further ado, let's get into this episode on restoring your digestive health. Julie, welcome to the Little By Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to talk with you because I actually, we got connected by a mutual friend and patient and I started following Julie and have loved the information she's been just giving out about digestive health. And she's co-founder of Mastering GI Mapping, which is a super cool course to help medical providers incorporate the GI map into practice. And so she is really a gut specialist. And I know I've talked about this on the podcast before that my dissertation was on digestive health. And I really kind of wanted to just have a a dialogue about this and really just start at the beginning, Julie, with like, what are some symptoms of digestive dysfunction? Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, Kristen, it is so common, right? It, even if, and I know we're going to get into this, even if you don't have the, the classic um, you know, digestive symptoms that are a sign of poor gut health, there are so many um, other manifestations of poor gut health. So um, let's first just talk about you know, if you have symptoms, digestive symptoms, things like the most common are gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, indigestion, abdominal pain, then something's, if you're having those type symptoms on a regular basis, then something is off in your gut. Um, Other things that we see very commonly that sometimes we don't even make the connection that it 
is an underlying gut issue are things like poor sleep. You know, there's a huge gut brain connection and the microbiome actually produces and releases many of the same sleep influencing neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, GABA, um, even melatonin is produced in the gut as well as the brain. So that could be a sign if you're not sleeping well. Um, If your immune system is low, if you're getting sick all of the time, we know that 70% of our immunity lives in our gut. And so, you know, balancing that micro, um, the microbiome in the gut really helps us to have a strong immune system. Um, Emotional issues. So anxiety, depression, those are very common. And studies are actually showing that there are positive effects on our emotional wellness when we have good gut health. Uh, There are certain bacteria that are linked to mental health and emotional issues. And um, through research, we're finding more evidence that irritation in the gastrointestinal system actually sends signals to the central nervous system that trigger mood changes. So that's kind of cool if you, you know, if you look at all of these, all of these connections and how complex our body is, it's, it's very, very interesting. And this is one of the reasons that I love functional medicine and getting to the root cause of, you know, what your issues really are. Um, Some other things, skin issues. So things like acne, eczema, psoriasis, you know, our skin is our largest organ. We've probably all heard that. And, you know, a lot of times, When our body is trying to detox and and get rid of, you know, toxin buildup, then that's where we see it is manifested is in the skin. Um, We can also see hormone imbalances. And Kristen, I know you're kind of a hormone expert, so you can even um, speak to this, I know. But the the gut microbiome plays a key role in regulation of estrogen levels. And so, therefore, it kind of influences the risk of developing estrogen-related diseases like endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, breast cancer. Um, And so if we, you know, if we're not, if our gut is not healthy, then we're, and we're not digesting fat properly, especially and absorbing it, then that's going to play a huge role in manufacturing our hormones and having good hormone balance. Um, let's see. Did you want to, did you want to say something? Well, I was just to say all of that is such <laughs> good information and just exactly what we talk about in functional medicine. You've talked about the mood, the immune system, skin, all these different things that we will just manage the symptom instead of identifying the root cause, which could be digestive dysfunction. And so I was curious, is there, when you're meeting with a patient or talking with somebody, are there some risk factors or some triggers or things that you look for in a person's history that may influence their gut health today? Yeah. I mean, you know, things like in their history, I mean, I'm looking at obviously what, what, um, comorbidities they, they've, they have. Um, have they been on a lot of antibiotics? I mean, that's probably one of the, you know, biggest, you know, red flags. Um, if they, especially if they don't have, you know, specific gut symptoms, you know, they maybe have some of these extra other manifestations that we talked about. So have they, you know, taken a lot of antibiotics? Are they under a lot of stress? And stress really impacts the gut microbiome. Um, Also, what's their diet like? You know, are they eating a lot of processed foods, sugar, a lot of inflammatory oils, things like that? I mean, we know that those are all you know, risk factors for, um, having a a poor and unhealthy gut microbiome, basically. 
And we talk a lot about like prebiotics and fiber. And I feel like that's one of the biggest Mm. things when it comes to the sad or standard American diet or some of the more trendy things like a keto diet, they just are lacking the fiber. And so I feel like I'm seeing even more digestive dysfunction now. I mean, I feel like it's always a ginormous thing that we treat, but because a lot of people are viewing carbs as bad and we're not prioritizing fiber in America and all of those different things. Um, do you see any connection? Cause I know this is something I've been following in the research a little bit with like birth history as it relates to digestive health. Yeah. You know, I think that that's, we are going to be seeing more of that now that there's more awareness around it, but yeah, there is a lot more research, um, coming around that. And, you know, I probably quite honestly, I'm glad that you actually said this. Um, that is not always something that I dig into necessarily, but I've thought about that. I was thinking about that recently that that needs to be like, on my, you know, intake form that I'm asking patients because I do want to see, you know, what the connection is there. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's, that's important as well. I mean, where do we get, you know, where, where do our immune system start and where do we, you know, get a, a strong, healthy immune system from, you know, it starts at birth, obviously. Um, and also, um, you know, the, the way that we were born, you know, was it vaginal, was it a cesarean section and also, um, did, did our our mothers, you know, breastfeed us. And so all of that um, does play a huge role. It's been fascinating to me. I've seen even kind of outside of gut symptoms, which is connected to the gut and the immune system, but more research coming out about like asthma and food allergies and Mm -hmm. um, birth histories. And so it's just a fascinating area that our gut microbiome is really started at birth. And of course, a Mm -hmm. lot of the things we do influence it, but it really is started at birth. Uh, Do you, when you're like talking with uh, patients, and I know this is such a sexy topic, but do you talk about like, what do bowel movements look like? How often are they happening? Do you talk about like the Bristol chart or how do you, outside of like bloating, reflux, abdominal pain, what they would report as diarrhea or constipation, is there like, what is a very healthy gut look like when it comes to bowel movements? Yes, absolutely. So um, when I, you know, one of the first steps in working with a patient is um, we have to get lots and lots of information. So I have, you know, an intake form and ask in in very great detail um, all of, you know, everything about your stool, everything about your bowel habits, um, you know, how often they are, what they look like, the consistency, um, all of that, the odor. I mean, sometimes you can tell things from, um, you know, specific odors. So, um, yeah, definitely ask all of that. I do use the Bristol chart, um, you know, but, and, and, and this is one thing that I want to say in case someone is listening, I find this all the time. You, you, you start to talk to a patient and they tell you something, it goes something like this. Well, you know, I, I really only have a bowel movement, you know, every three days or a couple times a week, but that's just the way I am. That's just normal for me, you know? And I think that, that we can start to normalize the abnormal. That is so common, especially among women, because, you know, we're constantly taking care of other people. And sometimes we put ourselves last and we don't, um, you know, don't take care of ourselves the way that we should. And so we start to dismiss things that 
are not normal. And if you're listening to this and that sounds familiar, it is not normal to have a bowel movement every few days. We should have bowel movements one to three times a day. That That is how our body, a huge way that our body cleanses and detoxes. And it, it's so important. And so I just want to anyone that's listening that is thinking, oh, this is just the way, quote, my body is. No, that's not normal. <laughs> do you do you see that in patients? All the time. And you know, Julie, what's sad is actually, I remember being in nursing school, like my bachelor's and them asking like, well, assess what their normal bowel habits are. And they even like told us if they're, if they always, their whole life have gone every third day or every other day, that's not a change in bowels and it's nothing to be concerned about. And as we're learning and understanding more about why obviously the gut is the gateway to our health and it's the root of so many diseases that is such a red flag to us that we need to do some work on your gut and the same thing is true that we find is I have actually a lot of people that have really quick emptying so they like have bowel movements all day and so they're like oh yeah I don't have an issue going at all but when you talk about the quality it's diarrhea and soft stool every time which is Mm -hmm. also a sign of digestive issues Yes, I'm so glad that you said that. Absolutely. So, you know, it needs to be, you know, a formed stool. You know, the Bristol chart is perfect. So if anybody's listening to this and wonders what does, you know, normal bowel movement actually look like, just Google the Bristol stool chart and and you will be able to get a good visual there. Um, But, you know, this was part of my story. I, you know, I had gut issues dating all the way back to my twenties. And I had actually undergone a couple of surgeries that were probably unnecessary over the, had I've gotten to the root cause, they probably would have been unnecessary. Um, but I had chronic constipation, um, same thing, you know, would, would, you know, not have a bowel movement, but every few days and, you know, started to think, not that it was normal. I knew it wasn't normal, but just started to think, well, I guess this is just the way that I am and I just have to live with this. And I think that that's another common misconception. Um, you know, and it wasn't until I got to the root cause of my issues that now I don't have that problem at all. And, and, you know, like you said, this is such a sexy topic, but let's just be honest. There is nothing better than having a bowel movement every day. Like it just makes you overall feel so much better you know, versus when you don't, right? Yep. (laughs) How do you, so you meet and talk and have a good intake form and all of that. How do you really assess someone's gut health? And I know I kind of led into it with the GI map, but I just am interested to see how you look at a test or run a test or why you do a stool test. So tell us a little bit about the evaluation process. Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, you know, an extensive intake form. um, And then I do love the GI map test. I mean, I feel like, you know, there are some things certainly, and I know maybe we'll talk a little bit about this, some things that um, if you haven't been tested or if you're maybe, you you know, this is all new to you and you're not, you think, well, I'm not ready for testing. There are certainly some things, you know, natural approaches and things that we can do that will, 100% improve your gut health and will help with symptoms. And and this, again, this was part of my story. I was doing all the things and it helped, Um, you know, they helped over the years, but I still knew there was an issue. Things still weren't exactly right. And that's really where um, testing is so, so important because if we can really get a good snapshot into the microbiome and exactly what's going on in the gut, um, getting to the root cause, 
then we can really you know, target exactly what needs to be targeted and, and heal the gut and improve the symptoms for good. Um, so I use the GI map um, in my practice and that is the GI map. If you're not familiar with it, it's a very comprehensive stool test. It's an, um, a, a stool test that's done at home. So um, not that any stool test is fun, but at least you get to do it in the comfort of your own home. Um, and we get lots of information. So we get to look at the normal bacterial flora. So, you know, this is, this is, everybody's familiar with probiotics, right? We know that probiotics and prebiotics are extremely important for overall health. But um, I love looking at the normal bacterial flora because we can kind of customize the probiotics um, that we're taking um, based on that. Also, we look for all kinds of different pathogens. So we look for um, harmful bacteria, parasites, viruses, yeast, like candida. Um, and those, are, I find, are, you know, a, a very common, first of all, um, and really cause a lot of the symptoms that we see. And then we also get, um, there's an intestinal health section uh, on this test. And this is probably one of my favorite parts of the test because we get a really good idea of what overall digestion looks like, um, what your digestive enzymes look like, you know, is your pancreas producing enough? Do we need some to support in that area? Are you digesting and absorbing fat properly? Um, we look at the immune system. How strong is the immune system? Um, also, inflammation. Is there inflammation in the gut? Um, we can also tell if you're making antibodies to um, gluten. You know, are you reacting to gluten? Um, and so we get, you know, it just gives us a, a lot of information and from that information, I then create a customized protocol um, for the patient, which does include supplements, um, but also is very heavy on diet and lifestyle and things that, because if we can heal something naturally, then you know, in ways that work with our body, then that's the way to go. And a lot of this is just creating new lifestyle habits as well so that our gut stays healthy and doesn't go back to you know, the way that it was, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I want to touch a little bit, because I know a lot of my patients, when they've gone through periods of pretty significant digestive issues, they're like, oh, well, I did a stool test with my gastroenterologist. And of course, we know for all the reasons you just mentioned that the, you know, GI map, GI effects, some of those comprehensive stool tests are they're much different than what you would get at a uh, conventional gastroenterology office for the most part. I don't know any that are running this, but I want you to no. touch on a little bit when it comes to pathogenic organisms versus like dysbiosis. Can you talk about the difference there? Because I know there's pathogenic and potentially pathogenic organisms. And I, I think this is something that uh, people kind of struggle a little bit to understand what the mm -hmm. difference is. Sure. So we have, um, you know, normal bacterial flora. So these are good bacteria. These are, these are bacteria that we need in our body because they help to, well, they help with the digestive process. They help, you know, keep our, our digestion healthy. Um, they also help to kind of fight off some of the bad bacteria. Um, you know, kind of, I like to think about our gut as um, kind of a parking lot and, you know, there are only so many parking spaces. And so, we, we need a lot of good bacteria to sort of um, force and push the bad bacteria out. That's kind of like a simplistic way um, to explain it. But here's the other thing, and this is something that when I go over the test, um, 
you know, to go over the test and the protocol, um, I take about an hour um, in the consult and, and everything that I do is virtual. So it makes it really easy. Um, but it, it's it's that comprehensive that we need an hour to, to really look at everything. And when I get to the section of the normal flora on the test, sometimes you know, we, we see that some of the levels are low. And then we also see that maybe some of them are high. Some of the specific bacterial levels, the normal bacteria are high. And sometimes patients, this is hard to understand. They'll say, well, isn't this good that I have, you know, high levels of this bacteria? But it's actually not. Um, we, what we want is a nice balance. We don't want good bacteria to get overgrown because that's not healthy either. Um, and a lot of times that happens from maldigestion. A lot of times we have certain bacteria. Um, things like H. pylori is an extremely common one. I'd say 90% of the patients that I see have H. pylori. It's, it's um, you know, it's thought to be in 60 plus percent of the population. Um, but it's so common and it produces, it causes the body to uh, produce less stomach acid. And so when we don't have enough stomach acid to have effective digestion, these um, bacteria, these good bacteria feed off of undigested food. And so they get overgrown and that's not a good thing either. So I, I just, you know, I wanted to make sure that I explained that because sometimes that can be confusing. Now to go back to your question, um, Kristen, in like, what's the difference in that and the pathogenic bacteria? So when we have um, these harmful bacteria, you know, they call it, they can obviously cause a lot of, of symptoms and, um, but when we when we see levels of those that are out of balance, a lot of them are associated with autoimmune disorders and and other things that we want to get those levels down and and eradicate that that bacteria. That's not something that we want, you know, in the body. Um, but it's very common when you don't have, let's say, enough stomach acid that you are just really a prime target for these pathogenic bacteria to kind of um, grow and multiply because that's kind of your first line of defense. We're, we all come in contact with parasites, which for a lot of people sounds like really disgusting. Um, on my first test, my first GI map, I had two parasites and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, really? I mean, I'm like, super health. Like I knew that I had, you know, GI issues. I knew that there was something wrong, but I was doing all the right things, all the diet, all the lifestyle, everything. But because I had chronic H. pylori, I'd had it for a long time. My stomach acid was low. So that made me a prime target for these other pathogens that I come, you know, came in contact with. So a lot of times it's from contaminated food or water. And normally what should happen is if we have good levels of stomach acid, then our stomach acid should destroy those pathogens, you know, when they enter our body. And if you don't have that, then that's not going to happen. And then they're going to sort of take root and grow and multiply. So that's kind of the difference. And then, then the term, um, also, I think you mentioned the term dysbiosis. So that's a very common term that we hear um, used a lot. And that's basically just an imbalance of good and bad bacteria. So it's when, you know, some of the normal bacterial flora are either low or high. And then also um, when we have some of those pathogenic bacteria present, we, we sort of use that term dysbiosis. So just think of that as an imbalance of good and bad bacteria. I think that's great. And it's a great explanation because it's so, it's not just black and white. If it was as easy as picking up Giardia or Salmonella, 
a lot more mm-hmm. people would have their gut fixed pretty quickly, but we know the gut is complex and there's good and bad and potentially bad and uh, stomach acid. And, you know, you mentioned stomach acid a couple of times and I wanted to talk, you know, not a lot of people I hope do a comprehensive stool test and um, I'll put your information on where they can find you as well. But sometimes they can't. And I know when we think about getting your gut healthy or healing your gut, there's several things that we talk about to improve that process. Is there certain things that you have seen in your experience? And I know you've been in healthcare for over 20 years. Uh, Is there Mm -hmm. certain things you've seen that just help with gut health that you recommend as a good starting place? Is there a few things with lifestyle that our listeners can start doing now to get their gut healthier? Yeah, absolutely. So a few things. I mean, we know diet is is extremely important here, right? So we want to, um, you know, eliminate processed foods, sugar. I mean, especially, you know, I see a lot of people with candida and, and most of those people have extreme sugar cravings. And, you know, that's what the yeast is feeding off of is all this sugar um, that they're eating. And that's huge in the, you know, in the standard American diet. Um, so, so moving towards more whole foods, um, even plant-based. Now, I'm not personally a huge fan of um, eating a ton of legumes for protein when your gut is not healthy because it causes a lot of symptoms and a lot of people can't digest and process those legumes. Um, I'm a huge fan of of a, a diet that's heavy in plants, but I do think that lean, healthy meat um, is important as well. So I prefer my patients while they're undergoing protocol to really be on honestly, more of a whole 30 type diet, um, you know, where we're eliminating sugar and dairy and gluten and we're having, you know, lean, healthy, um, protein and lots of, lots of vegetables and plants. Um, so, so the diet is, is big. Um, but some other things that can make, can make a huge impact and help with symptoms, especially if you have like a lot of gas and bloating are just to add in some digestive enzymes um, or digestive bitters. So, so helpful. Um, I remember that's one of the first things that I did years ago and it helps so much. So digestive enzymes, you know, we, we can get some, I mean, our body naturally makes digestive enzymes, but we produce less as we age. So I think that it is important to supplement, um, you know, even long-term, you know, as we age. Um, But then also, you know, that we can get digestive enzymes from foods, but that's typically raw foods. And most people aren't just going around eating, you know, a a raw diet, basically. Um, So starting with some digestive enzymes can be super helpful. Probiotics, we already mentioned, um, are very important. Um, Probiotics and prebiotics. We really need a lot of prebiotic fiber because prebiotic fiber is what the probiotics really grow and feed off of. So some foods that have prebiotic fiber are things like bananas, onions, garlic, asparagus. Those are really good um, sources. And then, you know, foods with natural probiotics, I'm a huge fan of things like um, kimchi, sauerkraut, um, kefir, kombucha, fermented veggies, um, things like that are, are really healthy to add in. I also love to add collagen in. Uh, Collagen is really important for gut support and especially for leaky gut. Um, You know, the majority of people um, that I see, I would say almost everyone that I see, unless someone's coming to me for a GI map that is for like preventative or maintenance, like, you know, we recommend getting one every one to two years. Um, 
if they're coming to me with with symptoms, which is the the most you know common reason people um, are seeking testing, then most everyone has some level of leaky gut if they have pathogens, if they have dysbiosis, whether it's mild or all the way up to severe. And collagen is super supportive to healing those gut junctions. Um, so I like to do bone broth. Um, also, just collagen peptides that can be, you know, put in water or in coffee or tea. Um, getting some collagen in every day, that's something super simple that you can do and, and add in. Um, a couple of other things that I find really helpful um, to improve digestion are deep breathing before we eat. Mm -hmm. um, this is really important. Yeah. It activates the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, you know, most of us eat, especially women, moms, you know, we are on the go, we're running around, we're maybe just eating bites of food here and there. And a, a lot of times it's our sympathetic nervous system that's kind of turned on or, or in overdrive. And that's not what we want because we don't digest our food um, as well, you know, when we're in kind of sympathetic overdrive. So, one thing that you can do that's super simple is before you eat, and, and here's another point, you want to make sure that you are trying your best to take time to sit and eat in a relaxed environment. If you can put away you know, the TV, the phone, the computer, and just sit and focus on eating and relaxing, you're going to digest your food a thousand times better. So one thing to do right before you start eating is um, to take some deep breaths. So I like to um, take a deep breath in for a count of five. So you just count to five as you breathe in and then you hold your breath for five seconds as you count to five and then you exhale for five and then you hold it at the bottom of the exhale for five. So I think of it like a five by four rule, so to speak. If you did that three to five times, if you repeated that cycle three to five times, that helps to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, so, which is your rest and digest system. And so that's going to help you digest your food better. Um, also, chewing your food properly. This is something that, my goodness, we, again, when we're eating fast, we're not chewing our food up as well as we should. Really, 20 to 30 times per bite. This helps to activate your digestive enzymes. Um, and that's really the start of, of digestion. It starts in the mouth. And so one way that I like to tell patients is to be more cognizant of this, put your fork down between each bite. And that's going to help you kind of you know, be aware and remember, okay, I need to make sure that I'm chewing and, and taking my time. Um, going for a walk after eating really helps and aids in digestion. And then one last thing is um, not drinking a ton of liquid or water during your meal because that can dilute your digestive uh, enzymes and your stomach acid. So I like to save, you know, drinking like a big glass of water for after the meal, not during the meal. And so those are just some simple things that you could do right now that you could implement that you would see, um, you would see benefit and how you feel. And especially if you're having a lot of digestive symptoms. 
That is so much good information. And you are just such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to even lifestyle, which is fantastic and really our, our main goal. I do just want to clarify as far as digestive enzymes is there's so many out there. So when Mm -hmm. I I have patients all the time, they're like, man, there's so many different digestive enzymes. How do you know, or is there any kind of test or tricks to know if like a betaine HCL and pepsin or a pancreatic enzyme, or do you recommend starting with the digestive bitters? Can you because that was one of your like big kind of foundational things is try an enzyme. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. What do you recommend starting with? Yeah, I usually do digestive enzymes like the pancreatic enzymes. I find that I like bitters, um, but I, I honestly find that they're not as effective for symptoms in most people. Again, everyone's you know body chemistry is a little bit different. Um, so I start with um, a good digestive enzyme. Um, I mean, the one that I like is um, from doTERRA. It's called Terrazyme, and it, it just works really, really well. That's my personal favorite one. Um, but yeah, I mean, digestive bitters are good too. And then HCL and pepsin, you know, I personally uh, found that that made a big difference, especially if you're eating a lot of uh, protein or when you're eating a meal that has, um, you know, meat with it. HCL and pepsin can help. The only issue there is I don't like to do that um, if somebody has H. pylori, um, which sounds counterintuitive because we know you have low stomach acid. But, you know, there's there's actually two schools of thought on this. One school of thought is, okay, you give the um, you know, the more acid and it's going to help. But the other school of thought is that often the H. pylori can have irritated um, the gut lining and more acid until you get that healed can be harmful and, and, and not a good thing. So here's one thing that you could do. Um, and sometimes I'll do this in patients um, based on their symptoms. Um, you could do um, an acid test. Um, and there's different ways to do this, but here's just a really simplistic way. If you wanted to try apple cider vinegar would be like the most, the, the most gentle form versus like an HCL and pepsin. So if you started with an apple cider vinegar, take a tablespoon in about two to four ounces of water, about 15 minutes before eating a meal, see how you feel. Does it, do you feel like you digested your food better? You know, do you have less bloating and gas? If so, then adding in, you know, you could do that before every meal, adding in a little bit of acid would help. But if you have someone, let's say you have them do that trial and then, you know, they have more uh, burning or they have some burning or indigestion, then they probably don't need to add the acid in until the gut is healed. So hopefully that makes sense. That's kind of like a, just a quick test that you could do. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. And um, that is a test that we often do at STAT. So I think that's fantastic. Is there anything that you want to add? I know we covered a lot of ground uh, in a short period of time of signs of digestive issues, some risk factors in people's history, how to evaluate a gut health through a stool test and some lifestyle things. But is there anything else that you want to add around this topic of restoring digestive health? Yeah, I just, what I would say is, don't, if somebody is listening to this and, you know, they're thinking, well, I have a lot of those symptoms and maybe it's even, you know, not the gut symptoms, maybe it's other things. Um, don't just accept that that's the way that you have to live or that this is quote the way that you are. Um, because that's not true. You 100% deserve to feel your best, to have energy, to have mental clarity, to have good digestion, to have bowel movements every day. Like the, and, and, and there are plenty of providers, 
you know, that take a holistic approach that would love to partner with you and help you get to the root cause of what's going on in your body so that you can live the vibrant life that you want to live. So don't just accept, especially if you've, you know, seen, um, I just talked about this on my Instagram if you've seen, you know, other providers that have told you, well, all of your labs are normal, everything's fine. Or, um, you know, we, we've, I've done all the tests, I don't really see anything. Or th- that just happens when you get older. Like, these are all things that, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, in traditional medicine, we hear. Um, so don't accept that. You know your body better than anybody else. And if you're not happy with uh, the way that it's functioning, then there is hope and you can get to the root cause. Just you just all you need to do is seek out and partner with the right person. Great advice and something I hear all the time. Well, I get a physical every year and everything is normal. So I think that is a really great takeaway. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on the Little By podcast. This was so much information. Uh, and I have I love your website has so much good information and is so clearly outlined. So tell our listeners where they can find you if they want to learn more about you and the GI map. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I could talk about this all day. So um, my website is juliedavey.com. Um, and I hang out primarily on Instagram. Um, and my Instagram is juliedavynp. Um, so yeah, you can find me. I'm on Facebook as well, um, but probably on Instagram a little bit more. Me too. I think that's such an easier platform sometimes. <laughs> well, is, thank you is. so much, Julie, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, remember little by little, a little becomes a lot. Even the smallest changes over time can lead to total mind and body transformation. I'd love for you to stay connected with at Dr. Kristen Oja and at Stat Wellness on Instagram. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out. I'd love to hear from you.